Good afternoon, LBC Radio. This is Corey Rosen with the Story Podcast. I have on with me a special guest, Chad Hogue. Chad Hogue is a Lancaster County native who has also lived in Bethlehem and Williamsport before returning home four years ago. He has played woodwinds and handbells as a child, but was mostly uninterested in popular music until he was introduced to the third wave of ska in 1997 and dove from it into an appreciation for punk rock and heavy metal. He first picked up a bass guitar in 2001 while a student at Ursinus, Ursinus? Ursinus. Ursinus. Ursinus College, majoring in computer science and minoring in music and mathematics. After completing a doctoral degree in computer science, he has taught at Mansfield University your Sinus College, King's College, and now Millersville University. He has performed in school and college ensembles, various church-related teams, and several short-lived bands over the years. In 2019, he was delighted to find three like-minded strangers in the Lancaster area to form Ford the River, a local dad punk band, and to be able to do music as a serious hobby while maintaining a career in another field. Ford the River has released its debut album, Adult Thoughts, in early 2021, and has been releasing a single each month of 2022. They have upcoming shows at Pilgaroo Brewing in Pottsville on May 21st, Telus 360 in Lancaster on May 25th, Shovelhead Tavern in Altoon on June 18th, the Skid Row Garage Benefit Show at Central Market in York on July 23rd, Stage on Her in Harrisburg on August 11th, and the Carnival of Chaos 2 at the Church in Lebanon on August 13th. That's a lot of dates. It is. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So, uh, reading the intro, you had talked about uh, getting into the third wave of ska. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume, is that is that what inspired you to get into music, into what what you wanted to like play music or yeah it was a couple more years after that before i got interested in trying to play it myself mm. but that was the kind of music i was first interested in playing so what is ska i've never heard that term before all right well you're gonna get schooled okay cool the first wave of ska started in the 1960s in jamaica um and it was sort of a mixture of the things that they've been doing there for centuries uh, with what they're hearing from R&B stations coming down from the United States. Uh, it's primarily recognizable by what the guitars do, or sometimes other instruments, mm. uh, which is to play only on the upbeats. So, da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. That's cool. So it's very synch synch syncopated. Yes. Then the second wave of ska was a bunch of English musicians who heard that um, and incorporated it into their music in of the course. 1970s. <laughs> Um, some bands that you might have actually heard of from back then would be The Specials, The English Beat, um, Madness. And the only 70s bands I'm familiar with are like, I, I, I guess maybe that's earlier, but like Elton John, Queen, um, mm -hmm. uh, Deep Purple back then too? Yeah. Uh, like some of the more popular, well-known bands. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get into the more uh, nuanced bands of back then because there's a lot of music... Let, there's always a lot of music to explore, but there's a lot of good music that just so happened didn't know the right people or didn't hit the right stations mm -hmm. that just never made it. So the third wave of ska. Yeah, so the third wave of ska was in the mid to late 1990s in the United States when people who'd grown up listening to the second and first waves of ska mixed it together with the kind of punk rock that was super popular at the time. Any uh, bands for that? Sure. So the ones that you really should have heard at some point on the radio, even if you didn't know them by name, would be the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Real Big Fish. I've heard about Real Big Fish. I have heard about that. Okay. So I've got some. I've got my homework set out to do. Um, so that's what really inspired you to dive into music. Yes. So when was the first time you you were like, okay, uh, you had said you had done uh, clarinet and handbells, but what was the primary purpose of that? So I played clarinet because in fourth grade, they came around and said, who wants to play an instrument? Um, and I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. What instrument would you like to play? Well, my mother owns a clarinet, 
for when mm. she was in school. So uh, I'll play that because then you don't have to rent one. That's right. That's <laughs> um, I if I had gone that route, I went the route of percussion because you know, I don't have to buy percussion. They give us that. But uh, I would have been playing flute, and to this day, I cannot get a single sound out of a flute. <laughs> it's one of the I I've, I have played clarinet for a while though. Clarinet's fun. Um, you also did handbells. I did, at a church. Oh, so it was more so more like a church kind of related thing. Yeah. Okay. And that's very simple. You get like four notes you're responsible for. I might have been G G sharp, A A sharp, and whenever mm-hmm. you see one of those on the staff, you play it. It. Um, but it's a fun ensemble. It's definitely it is a fun if you've never had the chance to hear in a, uh, a handbell ensemble it is really gorgeous especially when you're in like a cathedral almost like a like a big open space it's one of my most favorite sounds uh because you can really just play with it uh it's and <laughs> granted it, it might seem easy but you do have to be good at counting sure and that that is uh, <laughs> I've noticed that's a thing a lot of people lack sometimes um so you were uninterested in like the popular music of the time right when i was a kid well first of all going way back what i remember as like a six to eight year old um would be quite often we would go to these concerts in the park that were free and there'd be you know a different genre every week uh but you just go hang out set a blanket on the ground and sit there kids would run around and play in the park and listen to the music Um, we did that all the time and that probably has something to do with me becoming interested in music that's really cool that was like like are you you, were you did you grow up around here yep i grew up uh the first five years of my life in christiana which is just across the border into chester county uh, and then the rest of my childhood in gap which is right next to it but on the lancaster county side so i guess i guess they don't still do those things um, they certainly do some of them. Like the biggest ones were in Long's Park. I know they still have that concert series, um, but we went other places too. I don't know if they're all still active. Cool. I, I'll have to check that out in Long's Park. Uh, so, so you did that. Uh, then you, why were you uninterested in, in the popular music? I don't know. I just wasn't. The first music that I was interested in for myself was more like the music from video games. Um, John Williams scores oh, from yes. films, things yep. like that. Um, all instrumental music which might have something to do with it. That's, but just like the radio would be on in the school bus and I just did not enjoy any of that music. I don't really know why. That's interesting because um, I, I, I feel like every, everyone who gets over the age of 20 says this now, uh, that the music of today kind of sucks. Um, but uh, as a kid, I was really in the country, like ungodly into the country <laughs> and people people I know will scold me for that but um yeah I thought it was really cool like the popular kind of like Carrie Underwood uh Luke Bryan I guess he's still around but so and like uh Tim McGraw like that like uh, that kind of era it was like really good music and then when it started getting to like popular music the only recently songs that I've I've been really into are like by FUN fun or uh, like the one-hit wonders, and because you know they're one-hit wonders, so they have to be good if they're one-hit wonders. Uh huh. Um, and but I've never really got into like Billie Eilish or or uh like Zayn or any of the newer like rappers or or I'm still into Eminem. Eminem is awesome. Um, but never really got into any of the more modern, newer sounds. Uh, I was using popular music in the broadest possible sense, not referring to pop music, but just any non-art music. I was. Oh, really? Say. Okay, so it's literally just like any not like song, country, like, rock, any of that. So just so there's general like what was popular. Yeah. Today. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Well, so you use more like so you grew you grew a love of music more through the uh through the like artistic side for like video games cinema film and so did you ever find any interest in classical music at all not really i mean i didn't dislike it but i don't recall a time when i would have ever put on a classical cd intentionally fair enough so did you your interest grew from that and (laughs) did you grow up wanting to play the bass line to super mario's or (laughs) no i didn't have any interest in playing bass at the time i don't I think I really had interest in playing any other instrument. Like I was playing the clarinet from the fourth grade and 
enjoyed that well enough, but okay. um, didn't have any specific motivation to try out anything else. Did you do marching band at all? I did. How was that? Um, it was fun. I bet you have still have cast of steel from doing that. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, really? It's been a long time. I I still have. Well, I marched the uh, Glockenspiel, mm-hmm. and usually that's in like the pit. But they had like a, a carrier for me, so I did like miles in that thing, and uh, that's probably why my back is so screwed <laughs> up. But uh, I tell you what, I can walk for miles and not be upset about it. So I, I'm grateful. But um, so uh, when did you like? To, I'm I'm assuming for a time you just didn't play a musical instrument. Or um, is that not the case? No, that's not the case. Once okay. I started the clarinet, I played the whole way through the rest of elementary, middle, and high school. Also picked up, in the middle of high school, the alto saxophone, because I wanted to play in the jazz band, mm. and the contrabass clarinet, which many people have never even seen one of, um, yeah. because they were making a wind ensemble at the school and needed one and asked if I would do it. I guess that was my first experience with playing very low notes. The, the, the contra, like clarinet, that's... It, it, that's awesome it sounds it really pretty cool, cool. Yeah. yeah but that takes a lot of breath yes which i'm not particularly good at mm. fair enough so when when, when were you uh, at a point where you're like i want to try bass so um well before there we get to the me discovering the third wave ska music okay um, yeah this is in 1997 i was a sophomore in high school uh, and then i became way more interested in everything related to that genre and okay. back in the day, there's very little internet. Um, so the way you find out about other bands is if you're, what you're listening to is actually popular, you listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but if what you're interested in is underground, you buy one album and you read the liner notes to it. And it says, like, thanks to all our friends in this band and this band and this band. And then you go buy an album from one of those and check it out and see what, who they thank in their liner notes. Oh, wow. So, like, you literally had, like, to seriously network to, like, uh, 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 rather, the bands like really collaborated almost to like sell each other's music. I don't know if that was an intentional thing they were doing, but it certainly worked out that way um, for me. That's cool. I wonder if that wasn't. I bet it was. I feel. I feel like that's that's something that people would be like. Hey, if you mention me, I'll mention you. Yeah, it certainly would have been smart for them yeah, to do so. Absolutely. Uh, so you you uh, got into ska. You realized. Maybe clarinet isn't the best option for ska. Mm-hmm. And then you... Clarinet is definitely not the best option for ska, <laughs> I can tell you. So then you do, you do you think about, oh, do I want to play electric star? Or do I want to play bass? Or do I want to play drums? Did that conversation happen in your mind? Yeah, not until a few years later when I got into college, though. Mm. Um, so around the same time, three things happened while I was in college. One was... The jazz band that I was playing alto sax in had a bassist who was going to graduate at the end of the year, and mm-hmm. there was no other bassist at the school. Um, because I went to a college where, very conveniently for me, there was a music department with music faculty members and ensembles and whatnot, but there was no music major. So everyone who played in those ensembles was an amateur like myself, somebody who was actually studying something else but enjoyed playing music as a hobby. Do you think that was good for you or? Oh, absolutely. Because okay. I'm sure I would not have gotten into the ensembles um, if there'd oh, been yeah. actual good musicians there. That's, it's, it's an interesting point because we have a, there's a MWPA uh, music department here with music degrees, um, but it's open to everybody. Anybody can get in. So I, I want, but then again, I guess you can only have so many musicians. Right, and yeah. especially in something like a jazz ensemble, you need one bass player. One bass player, yes. You need that's two right. alto that's saxophone right. players. Fair, yeah, I, I guess that, that's, that's, yeah. That's interesting to think about, the politics of, of like that kind of that kind of situation. So he graduated? Yep, or actually I think he transferred to a different school, but in any case, he was leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I was um, participating in an organization called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, basically a kind of church that met on campus uh, for students. And they would play music as part of their services. They had some guitarists who would lead it. They didn't have a bass player. Mm. seemed like having a bass player there might be nice. Um, And the ska music that I was interested in is all bass-driven. It's the most interesting melodic instrument in all that music. So it seemed naturally that if I was going to pick up a different instrument, bass would be the one to pick up. So... 
I'm going to make a generalization here or an assumption. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Sure. Ska and punk are almost kind of related in that the guitar is more chordal. Yes. And then the bass line is free to do kind of whatever it wants almost. Yes, okay. very much so. So that's the that's probably the connection between ska and punk, mm-hmm. punk rock. Okay. So um, how did you start learning bass? Was it just, just by ear? Was it, did you take lessons? Do you... Um, so I asked my parents to get me a bass for Christmas between my fresh or in halfway through my freshman year of college. Um, and they did buy a short scale bass, which I don't recommend. Um, and some terrible practice amp that came as a combo. Um, and I did take a couple of lessons with somebody who went through like, you know, how would you play along to this folk song or this blues song? Um, but I thankfully already knew how to read music from having mm. played other mm-hmm. instruments. Uh, and so I was able to kind of just sort of figure things out on my own. I was also in college taking music theory classes, so I was understanding you know, how to construct a bass line that way. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, I, at one point for the worship teams here, they needed a bass player. And my friend uh, was like, hey, do you know how to play bass? And I was like, I can figure it out because I, 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 I know kind of how to play guitar. And so I just, I know the basic strings and at that point it's just counting frets. Mm-hmm. So it, it, and it, I'm, uh, I'm a musician, uh, I'm a well-trained musician. So after that, it was pretty simple, really just, um, <laughs> counter frets. Granted, you, you have to do it very quickly. However, <laughs> it, it's not, it's, it's one of the easier string instruments to pick up, I think. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, too. Because you can just play the root of the chord until the chord changes and play the root of the next chord, and it will sound fine. That's right. And you don't even have to be fancy with it. You can do whole notes the entire time, or you can do quarter notes the entire time. Sure. uh, But I think the beauty of the bass is is that it's, it's, like, for example, a string, if it it was just like that the entire time, it, it would get, you know, annoying at some point mm-hmm. because it's higher range stuff but with the bass it, it's beautiful in all of its complexities so you can do simple stuff you can do chordal stuff with bass you can do some of the most advanced things that nobody would ever think about for with bass and people are going to go nuts no matter what you do yeah so i i, I it's one of the reasons why i love bass is that it's so it's so applicable to everything can use bass not everything needs a violin, or not everything True. needs a saxophone, not everything needs a piano, or even that matter. Not everything needs a guitar, but you have to have a bass line. Mm-hmm. So you got into that? Yep. And did it only grow from there? Yeah, pretty much. Did you ever take a hiatus from bass playing when you were like, moving around? Because you said you've moved around mm-hmm. a little bit. There have been plenty of times when for months or years in a row, I didn't ever play in front of other people, but I always kept picking it up and playing it on my own. That's good. That's that's one of the things I'm kind of bad about. I have so many instruments that I want to learn, but mm-hmm. it's just a matter of picking them up and actually doing the hard time to like practice. So was that ever a challenge for you or, or was it always, I love to play bass. I'm going to play bass now. Yeah, it was always my favorite thing I could do. Um, and so I may have spent time on other things like video games or something. But generally, if I had some free time, it would be one of the things at the top of my list that I would prefer to do with it. That's good. That's good. I wish I was like that. <laughs> uh, I think my fear is that, um, especially like string instruments, like cello, violin, and like bass and guitars, I, I'm going to mess up my fingers and it's mm-hmm. painful. And I just don't want to go through it because I'm a whiny person. I've somehow never built up the calluses that people talk about. It doesn't really? seem to bother me. Really, it's it's so interesting because well, every time after I'm like done playing a guitar, I can feel like the strings are digging in, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Uh, there's going to be a blister there or, or whatever that whatever it is soon, but uh, and that's always turned me off of playing the string instruments because I'm like, ow, it hurts. I'm such a whiny baby. Well, yeah, the only time I play guitar is just to like hear what some chords will sound like in a row while mm-hmm. I'm demoing something. Uh, and so because my fingers are totally unused to those smaller strings, they do absolutely bite into my fingers. Yeah. Um, but the bass strings don't hurt me at all. That's cool. I I've, I have found that tr- to be the case except when I'm picking. But I, I, maybe that's because I'm picking it wrong or something. But maybe. Af- after a while, my, my finger, my first finger uh, feels 
rough, mm-hmm. to say the least. So, um, were you involved with other bands while you were moving around before Ford? A little bit. Um, when I lived in Bethlehem, um, the reason I was there is because that's where I went to graduate school at Lehigh University. Um, some friends of mine from Ursinus College, who were all were now alumni, like I was, uh, reached out to say they were starting an alternative country band. I had absolutely zero interest in alternative country, but I'm not going <laughs> to turn down an opportunity to play with some people, especially some people I like. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work out very well, though. We had one rehearsal, and then the lead guitarist was uh, diagnosed with lymphoma. Oh, no. And then, amazingly, he beat it. Mm-hmm. And about two years later, we got the band back together with a different drummer, had one rehearsal. And then his lymphoma reappeared. And so that was the extent of that band. Mm. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's very ironic. <laughs> no alternative country for you. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. What what is it I what are some songs that would be considered alternative country? Well, because I'm not terribly interested in it, I don't know that I'm a good person to answer that. I know there Fair are enough. bands like Wilco, um, and I can't name any others. Fair enough, because uh, I couldn't name any off the top of my head either. Because um, I don't even know what what would what would alternative country sound like is my question. So in theory, it sounds like if you do the same things that turned rock to alternative rock to country, you get alternative country. But there's the problem. <laughs> I don't know who's considered alternative rock. Like what? I and this has been a a, a process. I've been trying as a composer. I've been trying to navigate. Because there's so many, so many genres, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they get all thrown un- under the same umbrella. But people are very, 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 very uh, particular with their genre naming, and I got no problem with that. But it's just a, it's just a problem of me not knowing, right? So what, what would be the difference between rock and alternative rock? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think alternative rock is just, for lack of a better word, weirder, more experimental and more interesting. More like progressive, almost. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that that explains it. Um, so it's 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 breaking the uh, the cliches of the genre. Yes, I think gotcha. that'd be a good way to put it. Cool, cool. Okay, so so you you did that band. What was next for after that? So next, while I was still living in Bethlehem. They had a festival every year called Music Fest. It's mm-hmm. a very big deal. Practically the whole city shuts down. There's seven or eight different stages that run pretty much continuously from 10 or 11 in the morning till wow. 10 at night. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, and most of it is free. There are some ticketed shows. Oh, that's, does this still happen? Yes. I'll have to check that out. Uh, and it's in the summer. And as a then graduate student, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities during the summer. Uh, <laughs> I also didn't have kids at the time. So I would just go to Music Fest all day for seven days in a row and see lots and lots of music. That's, that's, that's insane. Yeah. That's, that's one of the dreams I want to do is, is run like a festival that like, kind of like that is that I feel like that would just be so much fun. I enjoyed a lot of what I saw there. Um, but what I've enjoyed the most were, um, bands that played soul R and B funk kind of music, especially a band that was kind of pretending to be the blues brothers. Okay. Uh, and so I decided I'd really like to be in a band like that. This is feel-good music that anybody would enjoy, get up and dance to. Yeah. Uh, and so I tried starting that band, um, and I knew a guitarist who was great. I knew a trumpeter and a saxophone player who were great. Uh, I did not know any drummers, or at least not any, who wanted to be involved in the project, mm. nor any vocalists. Mm. Uh, and so that band got through maybe 10 rehearsals, with a shifting lineup of drummers. Sometimes there was a vocalist there, sometimes there wasn't. We never managed to get somebody to commit um, before I got the call that we were going to be moving to Williamsport um, because my wife is a physician, and part of mm-hmm. being a physician is after you finish medical school, you go to residency, Yes. and the way that your residency is determined is there are a whole bunch of programs all across the country there are a whole bunch of people interested in them. Everybody ranks their favorite programs, and the programs rank their favorite candidates. And a big computer algorithm goes through and says, you're going to Williamsport. Uh, and so we were going to Williamsport. That's wild. And given that the band was never getting 
uh, a consistent lineup, it made sense to not try to commute two and a half hours and keep that going. Right. Um, so do new opportunities show up in Williamsport? No, not really. Uh, and I'm still playing in churches, um, still responding to Craigslist ads in hope of finding something, um, but nothing ever really worked out that way. So when was your next experience with the band? For the River. For the River. Mm-hmm. So how did that come about? So that came about in, I guess, 2018. Must be, though that seems so long ago. Um, when uh, Kevin, our rhythm guitarist and lead vocalist, made a Craigslist ad for a casual punk band, uh, which sounded like exactly what I was looking for. Um, because the problem with trying to meet random strangers and form a band is many of them have delusions of grandeur that they're going to go travel the mm-hmm. war, uh, travel the world, excuse me, and be rich and famous, right. which I was not at all interested in. Um, and others are so lackadaisical that like you can't get them to actually no practice the songs yeah. they say they want you to do. Um, but this was sort of right in the middle. People who are serious about doing this well, but it's a hobby. We're going to be a local band. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, and not expect anything more than that. Cool. That's 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 truly the per- and that's like one of, one of the things I've realized being around Nashville, Chicago, other places I've been is that Lancaster is like the only real place where you can settle down and be like a, a localish band and constantly get gigs after gigs after gigs. Um, and that's or like the Lancaster area because you mm-hmm. you know you have Columbia down the way, York just a little bit further. You have Harrisburg, um, literally with all all within like an hour's worth of driving, which is unheard of in yeah. other other places around the world, around the U.S. and around the world. Sure. But, so what was it like? So he he advertised on, Craig, on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre to me. <laughs> that seems to me like the way that anybody who doesn't know people but wants to form a band would do it. Really? What's the alternative? I don't know. I, I would. That's a good. That's a fair point. <laughs> and they have a board that is specifically for musicians trying to meet up with other musicians. Do they? Mm-hmm. I've never used Craig's, Craigslist just, in my life. That's probably why it, this is so bizarre to me. Yeah, it's just the internet version of having a bulletin board in the guitar shop where people post advertisements. Huh. I'll have to check it out. Because um, I'm always interested in doing a smaller band product, like kind of like kind of like that, where it's. It's uh, more like localized, not lackadaisical, but manageable. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, it's fun. It's fun to it's fun to go out and you know makes you know makes people dance, make some money, and then you know get to have a fun, nice, relaxing time, and then go home. Yeah. So, throughout this process, how does one pull together a band? Pull together because. You guys do most of your own songs, right? Yes. Yeah, so what is it like to go throughout the songwriting process to figure out, hey, this is actually a pretty good a pretty good thing, or uh, maybe we shouldn't do this, or maybe we should tweak this. What? How, how all does that work within your band? Well, before getting into the songwriting, just getting the band together in the first place, I think we were just very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um Kevin and the other guitarist in the band, Matt, had actually met about a year earlier, and so we're already somewhat familiar with each other. And we found a drummer, and we just all happened to have very similar lives and very similar interests um, as far as the way we want the band to go, uh, at least for a while. We'll get to that later, probably. <laughs> um, uh, and so it actually fell together very easily. Um, we just communicated by email a bunch, and then... Um, some people suggested some cover songs that we should learn and be prepared to play together. We rented a rehearsal space in, uh, what's it called? SOCA. I can't remember what the S stands for anymore. Station One Center for the Arts, mm. um, which is a really cool space in downtown Lancaster um, that rents out space to artists of all kinds. Unfortunately, I believe it went de- under uh, mm. due to COVID, but it was a really cool space. Uh, and so we showed up there, all awkwardly stared at each other, um, played through one of the songs that we'd agreed to uh, rehearse together, thought it went pretty well, played through it again, thought it went pretty well again, and said, all right, let's work on this song that Kevin wrote. 
So the very first time we were together, we ignored all the other cover songs we were going to work on um, and started working on this song that he and Matt, the other guitarist, had started writing together. Or I guess Kevin had mostly written it, but then Matt had added some things a year earlier. Mm. Um, That's a song called Livin' Man Livin' that I believe we're going to play later. Yeah. Or now, whatever makes Uh, sense. Well, let's, let's play now. Why not? So, um, Livin' Man Livin', what is this song about? Well, as I didn't write it, I can't tell you exactly what was in his head, but just from knowing the lyrics, I think it's about people asking, how are you doing, or what are you doing, and not having a real good answer, not feeling like you know the path your life is on, but you're living. Mm-hmm. You made it through the end of the day, you're going to make it through tomorrow, and you'll figure it out eventually. Fair enough. So so this was uh, one of the first songs Kevin had written? The first, as far as the I'm aware. The first At least song. the first one that he brought to us. Okay. So this is Living Man Living from Ford the River. I was 28 and overweight Really thought it was too late The simple songs on guitar did not expect to get real far Got a house and got a job But at heart I'm still a slob Now that school is done and over Maybe it's time that I got for the river more specifically by kevin yes so what was it like to collaborate on that song and uh was it was it just a bunch of improvising was, was there led direction for that song or how, how did that there's rarely with us any direction for anything other than just here are the chords here's the melody we'll figure it out together um so he brought it in gave us a chord sheet that says you know the chorus is C, F, C, F, C, F, that's the verse, whatever, Um, and played it for us. And we just sort of started playing with him and figuring out what worked. Uh, I would try to listen to what he's doing, what the drummer's doing, and find something that sort of melds them together. Right, because especially with bass, you have to pay attention to the drumming and the guitaring, because if you do something completely different, then it's going to sound all sorts of disjointed. Yeah. Um. So, yes, that's really interesting because a lot of the ways that I have 
you're lucky that you had a person who knew what chords they're playing. <laughs> Definitely, that helps. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of the people that I play with, um, they all they're all learned by ear. They all do things by ear, so they've got no clue what they're playing. And I'm just sat there trying to figure it out. And I don't have the best ear, uh, so it's 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 kind of painful sometimes that I, I, I had to sit through and. But that is what we do. We there is not really much direction unless. Uh, Sometimes there's direction, but it's more of just like, what's the feeling of this moment in time, and what what are we swelling to? Because I'm sure you guys don't play the same, it, it or we play you don't play it the same exact way every single time, once, or do you? Once we settle on an arrangement, we do try to play it pretty okay. much exactly the same every time. Fair enough. I'm not sure that we always succeed in that, but that's our goal. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's well. I guess there's not much room in because it's very cordial right and it's very uh rhythmically motivated yes so i I guess it's there's not much room to improvise or leave room for like swells or or that kind of stuff anyway that's that's yeah i guess it's an interesting point in like in punk that that's it's more just straightforward than than you get to it's not malleable really yeah, the only thing that can change without making it sound and feel different is the lead guitar. So he sometimes plays different things or doesn't play or whatever. Mm. That's interesting. The rhythm tracks are pretty much all, this is the way it goes, we should play it that way. I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> so um, what at what point did you feel confident enough to bring out your own music to, to them? Was, was that ever a problem for you? You have said that you were an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, was that ever a like a like a hurdle you had to get past, or did they were just were they just like do you have any music? Well, before even getting to that, just playing with them was incredibly like difficult for me at first. Like, oh, really? Yeah, because you know, what if I'm playing poorly? What if uh, the parts I'm writing here don't make sense to them? Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a while to get comfortable with that. Was there any pushback? No, no, they were. Um, Everyone's been very um, supportive of everybody else. That's good. That, that, that's so you almost felt a little bit of like imposter syndrome, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's something I definitely felt when I when I came into the gigging scene in Lancaster. I've I've only been doing like this kind of stuff for like a year now. Um, so it it was it was really interesting to come into. I don't know if you know any of these bands but like general semantics or bjorn jacobson that does that ring a bell or no. nate ardent well Liam. i know him from having been on your podcast okay well some of the some of these uh more local like open mic kind of acts uh not necessarily concert acts but local mic acts uh that were really big they drew in like you know like a f- they they could fill out the entirety of telus and so, so it was kind of Hard to be like, hey, can I play piano for you? And mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a solo guitarist, can I play piano? <laughs> and because it, especially hard as because piano, you have to be, you have to know when to play, right? And yeah. and that's with any instrument, uh, you have to know because with the piano, you can really drown each other out with the guitar. And that was that was that that's the thing I'm still learning to this day is that oh, if he's down in the lower, I'm going to take it up higher, but I have to be softer because it's higher and I can't really do all this magical stuff because it doesn't make sense. And it's going to take away from the guitar. If he's up high, I could play more low or if there's a bass person, then I can't play any bass notes because you know right. I, I I can't play the bass line because there's already a bass line. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot of working with that, but I guess with, with this band, it's more, it's, it's very straightforward where you have like the lead guitar, which is the higher end, the, the bass, which is the lower end, the drums, which is, you know, the drums. And then you have the rhythm guitar, which is the middle. Mm-hmm. And then the voice, which it seems like mid high range almost the entire time. Yeah. That must be really fun and easy. <laughs> it is. That's, um, and yet you still had this anxiety? Was yeah, it? I think anxiety would be a perfect way to put it. Um, so I just in general have social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly comfortable here talking to you because we have like a role we're filling. Mm-hmm. And so I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm perfectly comfortable in my job as a professor because I have a role. I know what I'm doing. Um, but if we just like ran into each other out on the street, 
I would be very nervous about talking to you. Like, what would we talk about? What do I do when there's a lull in the conversation, et cetera? Yeah. yeah. And I felt exactly the same thing heightened going into playing with a band that I really, really wanted them to like me and for this to work out, but didn't really have any experience to lean on. Mm. Gotcha. So you had all these expectations without the resume to fulfill it. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. So at what point did did that go away? Or um, start to go away? After two or three rehearsals. Oh, oh it's as simple as that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So when, when was the first time that you brought one of your songs to them? That's a good question. I would say it was probably six months after we started playing. Um, not because it took that long for me to feel comfortable bringing a song to them, but because it took that long for me to have written a song that I felt was any good. Gotcha. So how, how long have you been writing songs? Well, for, I guess I can say decades at this point, I've written chord progressions, guitar riffs, bass lines, things like that, because those are the things that I'm interested in when I'm listening to a song. Mm -hmm. But none of them ever turn into something that other people consider a song because a song needs to have vocals. Um, and I don't care very much about vocals uh, or at least lyrics when I'm mm -hmm. listening to things. Um, but if I'm going to have lyrics in a song that I'm going to say, this is my song, I wrote it, then I'm going to care greatly about them. And right. I've got to come up with something that I really think is worthy of being sung about. That's good. That's uh, there are many songs today that I'm, I'm like you could have. Is there what's the point of saying that? This, or that's been said a thousand times in that exact same way. Mm -hmm. Um, and lyricism is a you can write music. I feel like sometimes it's you can either write music or you can write lyrics. And there's, there's people who the people who can do both are geniuses. Um, I've always struggled with lyrics. I'm more of an instrumental composer for sure. And so I guess that's what you were making, more instrumental pieces. Yes. That's cool. Well, those have, I, those have their place for sure. Um, I've, I made a, a few instrumental tracks and I released that uh, just on its own. And, you know, people like it. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I don't want to sound like you're scared or anything, but I would encourage you to, if, if you have something that you think is good and worthy, to share it. Yeah, I think what I had was all the kinds of things that still need some melodic, interesting thing over top. Mm. They were just rhythm parts. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but so there are many songs that I love dearly that I could tell, not tell you what the lyrics are. I don't really listen to lyrics. Um, but the ones that I do care about are always like very specific, telling a very specific story. They're not vague. In some way, they're not artistic because you can't interpret them you know, into your own life. Do you have uh, and so examples? I started. Um, One that would come to my mind would be Hotel California. Yeah, that's um, it's a good song. Very specific imagery, but still kind of like you could listen to the whole thing and say, what is that actually about? Mm -hmm. um, the kind of songs that I gravitate to the lyrics of don't really have that. Like, oh, I know exactly what this is about. Okay. They just told me. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, then uh, you were going on to say. Um, so when I wanted to write word, uh, songs that had lyrics, I wanted to start with that. I want to tell a story that's interesting to me um, and that is very specific and clear. Oh, gotcha. Um, and once I had lyrics, then I would just sort of sing the lyrics to myself in my head. And from that, find not necessarily the melody, but the rhythm of the melody, at least how those words are going to fit together. Um, and then just sit down with a guitar or a piano and sing them while playing chords until I find something that sounds good together. That's cool. That's, that's uh, typically how I do it. Um, I, I've been told that I'm really good at making melodies or hooks um, by, my, by my previous professors and uh, composition teachers. But it's where the lyrics come, come in where it's just like, bleh. Especially mm -hmm. cause it's hard because you have to people who listen to music never think about how melodies or even like lyrics are crafted because there are some words you cannot say in a specific amount of time or yeah. there's like the accents that that we that English has on uh, different like syllables like when it comes down to Shakespeare like the uh, what is it called? <laughs> Like the uh, like the iambic pentameter, where it, the stressed and unstressed, that's what it's mm -hmm. called. The, the stressed and unstressed 
you can't put in it's hard to get a good song with the unstressed syllable on the first beat it's typically you have to have the stressed on the beats and then the unstressed on the upbeats yeah i think that's why i have to start with lyrics for anything that's going to have lyrics because if i want them to tell a coherent story and be like real and not just whatever fits in to make mm. it work and still follow a rhyme scheme still follow a metric scheme I have to have no constraints on them other than those things until they're written, and then I can figure out the music. That's if nice. I work back the other way, it's just impossible because I won't be able to find any way to say the thing I want to say that fits, you know, over that kind of music. Yeah, I've been learning. Typically, the way I do it is I make chord progression, and then I just improvise lyrics until, it, or I improvise a story that kind of like, and then I make it fit. Mm-hmm. But I, I've been doing doing this recently where i i write out a i write out like a a story almost or maybe like an abstract thing like a poem um and then i pu- i'll put music to that instead and that has been a really interesting experience for me personally because i'm not i i used to i'm really good at writing stuff like <laughs> not good at writing lyrics but i'm really good at, at telling stories um i've i've found over the years but uh, when it comes to like lyrics, I guess it's because I've I've had to fit it in, so into an already rigid structure that I've had the problems. So I'm finding um, that writing a poem, but I'm also having difficulty putting music to a, to something that's already written. Yeah. So it's 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 definitely something I got to practice on. So what was the first song that you felt was good enough to present to Ford the River? It was Civil War, The First Blow Struck, um, which I'm excited to talk to you about for a couple of reasons. One is you said you were totally unfamiliar with ska music. This is an example of a ska punk song. Mm. If you listen during the verses, you'll primarily hear the guitar playing those upstrokes cleanly. Um, That's the ska part of it. During the chorus and the intros, you'll hear the guitars playing more like punk rock, every eighth note uh, distorted. Mm. So what is this story about? Because it's, it's about uh, an event that happened around here, right? Yeah. The other reason I'm excited to talk to you about it, because I've heard you've written a musical uh, about escaped slaves. Yes. Uh, and that's also what this song is about. Oh, so it's directly referencing the Civil War. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, the title of it is taken directly from an article in the local Lancaster newspaper contemporaneously when it happened. Oh, that's that's awesome! I that's so cool. Um, so we're gonna play that. Well, hmm. We only have a few minutes left on the radio. So if you want to hear our conversation about Civil War, you can follow us. We will continue this conversation on Facebook Live, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Corey Rosen. This or the story Corey Rosen. That's you know, the story, then C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. You can find us there. If not, uh, if you want to find Ford the River at at uh, future events, they will be, well, where can, where can they find you guys? You guys have Spotify, Instagram, or any of that? We do have all those things. The easiest thing is just go to www.fordtheriver.com and it'll just give you a link to all the various places you can find us. Cool. They also have... I'm pulling up their events so I can restate those because the most recent one is going to be in Pottsville, May 21st at Pilger. That's P-I-L-G-U-R, Ru, Ru, something, uh, we don't know, uh, R-U-H. So that's P-I-L-G-U-R space R-U-H Brewing in Pottsville, May 1st, May 21st, sorry. And then Tell Us 360 in Lancaster on May 25th. So if you want to hear some of their music, you can go check them out at those places at those times. Uh, I guess they're all at late, later in the night. Yes. Yes. Uh, probably both 7 p.m. start times, maybe 8. Probably 8, actually. That was, that was me. <laughs> we don't have shows beyond. We have lives before then. <laughs> uh, so you can check those out. Check the check them out there. They, they, they do the... They, I wish I could talk. They have they do have Spotify, they have their website, fordriver.com. We're gonna listen to their civil their uh your song, Civil War. Is that all it's called? Civil War colon the first blow struck. The first blow struck. And then we will 
the radio will return to regular radio and we shall continue our conversation on Facebook. was Civil War, the first blow. So tell me the story behind that. So uh, I mentioned that I lived the first five years of my life in Christiana. Don't know if that was on mic or not. Uh, but Christiana is a, a small town um, just on the Chester County side of the Lancaster-Chester County border. Uh, a site where a very, I was going to say famous, but most people probably never heard of it. But a very important event occurred called the Christiana Riot or sometimes called the Christiana Resistance. I have heard about that. And if you want to hear more about that, you have, you're going to have to go to our Facebook Live because I totally forgot that the radio has to go back to the radio. So with that said, this has been Corey Rosen with Chad Hogue on the radio. If you'd like to follow us at The Story, you can follow us on Facebook Live, facebook.com forward slash The Story, Corey Rosen. I hope you guys on the radio have a wonderful night.